As James said, we are looking at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. And just to say, Jesus has said some really awesome words of hope, but also challenge. And at the end of his teaching, it says the crowd were amazed by just the sheer authority of Jesus. They'd never heard anything like it. Because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And that is why he can make these outrageous statements that challenge the status quo. Because he is the source of life and the way to live it. And just before this passage in verse 12, we have what's called the golden rule. Whatever you wish that others would do for you, do also to them. So this summarizes all our human interactions envisaged through the Sermon on the Mount, which is love and justice, not domination and selfishness. And not just refraining from doing negative things, but actively doing good to those around us. So it sounds a beautiful life, doesn't it? But our culture and our hearts are just not capable of living like this. We need divine transformation. So Jesus urges us to choose life in him, to walk the narrow path, enjoy fellowship with fellow pilgrims, and to keep our eye on the goal of life. And he sets before us two binary choices, two gates, two roads, two crowds, two destinations. So first, the gate. Jesus wants us to enter through the narrow gate, and the gate is Jesus. In John 10, God call, Jesus calls himself the gate for his flock of sheep. He says, whoever wants to enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pastures. So there are many, many ways to Jesus, and we all have our own stories, but he is the only way to life. So the difference between these two gates is Jesus, and whether you believe in him or not. And it isn't just saying that as we go through life, we have a friendly companion in Jesus. Actually, life as our destination starts When we enter the gate, we enter the kingdom of God through faith in the Lord Jesus so that we become part of God's family and citizens of heaven. And we have our particular role to play, whether we realize it or not. And we live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is all given to each one of us as a gift from God, and it is not through our own efforts. So the broad gate leads to a broad or easy road, but the narrow gate leads to a narrow and hard way. So there are two roads. And of course, in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, everyone is religious, and many are following their brand of religion And in this context, it's actually the Jewish leaders and their followers. And false religion can take many forms because the path is wide. So are we following God 
or is it more a case of doing things on our own terms where we can feel good about ourselves in terms of self-achievement, self-righteousness, self-reliance? And we don't have to learn any of these things because they come naturally. The hard part is resisting them. So the Jews maybe thought that God was less righteous than he is, and maybe they thought they were more righteous than they actually were. It is easy to get on the easy road. The easy way to deal with climate change and climate justice is probably just to ignore it and just to carry on the way we live. And so becoming deniers almost by default because most of what we do is for our convenience and our pleasure to make life a bit easier without thinking through how that might impact our global neighbors, threatened by droughts, flooding that are caused by climate change. And many of our business models are based on greed and entitlement. But there is a narrowness of the road, which is obedience to Jesus. Psalm 119 says, direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from selfish things, worthless things, and preserve my life according to your word. So it takes discipline and the work of the Holy Spirit to be on this narrow road. And it's not just a choice at the beginning, and then we can relax. This way of life is vigorous, and it requires our total attention. This is faith maintenance through repentance, prayer, and submission to God's rule in our hearts, discerning his will for our lives. So the road is hard. And it may seem all a bit overwhelming, but God wants us to be good stewards of his creation. And actually, even if we make small differences, it can make a difference. One thing we could all do, actually, is to pray for the climate emergency. And also, as James has said, please look at that um, creation care environmental study because that gives you a whole load of ideas of what the next steps might be and then you can move on further. And then that will, your changes you make can then benefit the wider community. And I have to say it is hard, well you know, it's hard to stay on the narrow road. I think Every day and almost every hour, we meet a shortcut that promises to get us onto an easier way. It's like being on a minor road, every junction, this way to the motorway, this way to the motorway. And that is temptation. And we all give in at some, in some way or another, because it's only Jesus who resisted temptation right up to the last pull. And then there are two crowds. Many are on the road that leads to destruction. The wide road's got room for everyone, the easy way, as contrasted with the few, the despised minority 
of Christians, the fellowship of pilgrims who find that road less traveled that leads to life. So Jesus was challenging the established religion of Judaism, who were the leaders who were leading the people astray because they study the scriptures, they pray, they go to synagogue, they observe all the festivals. So both crowds are trying to be good people, but for completely different reasons. Yes, they can do the rules, the regulations, but they do not have the love of God in their hearts, and they do not love their neighbors. They love the crowd because they're so concerned with what people think. And maybe that's us too. We love the praise, the glory, the thanks for ourselves. I mean, this is what self-righteousness looks like, earning our way to God, but kind of pleasing ourselves and stoking up all that spiritual pride that then leads to judgmentalism. People aren't doing things the way we think they should. I mean, this is another temptation that we face. So what Jesus was saying is alarming to say the least. Only a few find the way. The disciples kept asking him, who then can be saved? This is really difficult. And later in Acts, we learn that most Jews rejected the way of Jesus. They kicked the Christians out of the synagogues and they persecuted them. It was actually the Gentiles, the non-Jews who became believers with none of that, spirit, that uh, religious baggage that the Jews had. But now Christianity is regarded as one of the largest world religions. But Jesus warns us that it is not a numbers game. He is looking for wholehearted believers who risk everything to follow him, like this lady called Sahar. So this church supports open doors, and here's a story from Sahar from Iran. And she has been a Muslim, but she found Jesus by reading the Bible. And her faith cost her dearly. Her husband threw out of her home, and she couldn't see her children anymore. But she said, I felt a direction from God that compelled me to live out my faith and to follow God and Jesus with full devotion. So she entered through the narrow gate and the way is hard, but it is worth everything, like a pearl of great price. So what is the destination? Well, that is destruction, or life prospering or perishing, it turns out that the easy way is the highway to hell. Here are some, there's a slide here of this rather beautiful river. It's very wide and peaceful, and yet, if you turn the other way, you'll see there's a waterfall, and down you go. There's no way you're going to survive the Iguazu Falls. Because people are on this way, 
They don't deliberately choose the destination. They don't know where they're headed. They're happy they're living their lives, trying to be good, and do, but doing what they choose and thinking that God is pleased with them. Well, in Luke, Jesus is the door that closes on those who are too late to get in. And 2 Thessalonians speaks about being shut out of the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. And in this chapter, verse 23, which we'll be looking at in the coming weeks, it makes clear that knowing Jesus is the key to who is welcomed into heaven and who is sent away. So Jesus urges us to choose life. Jesus says in John 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come, they may have life and life to the full. Jesus is life, the resurrected life that we've been celebrating, but he's the life that has ascended and is now in heaven interceding for us. And life is also God's gift to us because eternal life is in holiness, freed from the penalty of sin. And holiness isn't just a pass mark of 50%, it's 100%, otherwise it wouldn't be perfection. And that is why Jesus is the only way to life. So just to illustrate the whole process, Richard, my husband here, he's going on a cycling tour and someone has dropped out. So I've been invited to step in. So first of all, am I willing to commit? So I did have some other things I could have done, but okay, in the end, I have committed to going. And I know where I'm going, my destination, southern France, we're doing a um, cycle tour. Cycling, yes. I haven't had got much time to do the training, but I've got to take it seriously because it's time in the saddle and cycling for miles. But I will put up with the aches and pains because it's worth it. So I think the hills are the worst bit, but Jesus said, um, Jesus, sorry, Richard. Richard says, <laughs> Richard says the hills are the best bit because you get fitter and you get stronger. And I've had to give up a few things in order to do the training. And then there's the bike maintenance. And then finally, there's the trip, which I'll enjoy all the more if I've done enough training for it. So similarly, we commit to Jesus and we enter through the gate. So we need to practice how to live in Jesus' kingdom by imitating him and doing the things that he does. And we do faith maintenance, like Bible reading to get to know what our king is like. And we worship him because he is our creator and sustainer. And we talk to him through prayer. And we exercise our faith through the ups and downs of life because that makes our faith stronger and fitter. And eternal life is our destination. And it's a continuation of what we've been doing in our training but hopefully it will be easier because life will be without that pain and sadness of our wrongdoing. So here is Jesus' appeal. Okay, Eurovision, 1981, Bucks Fizz. Do you know the line? You know there comes a time for making your mind up. 
So there might be some here, maybe, not sure, not sure if you're fully committed to Jesus. So here is an invitation to walk through that gate into a relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus invites us all to choose life in him. He doesn't force us into a relationship if we don't want to. But who are we going to choose? Do we want to be in control of our own destiny? Or are we handing it over to Jesus? Like the rich young ruler, he couldn't quite bring himself to sell all that he had. And though he liked Jesus, he went away sad. He just couldn't do it. The cost of following Jesus was too great for him. So we have to make up our minds and commit. And maybe this morning you're a Christian, but you're finding the road hard. You know what Jesus is saying, but it is so overwhelmingly hard to follow him in your situation. Maybe you're surrounded by people who are walking the easy road. Whatever your situation, if there is anything that's on your mind and you would value some prayer ministry, after this, there will be some people here who would be very happy to pray for you through your difficulties that you're feeling. So Jesus gives us those two alternatives, two gates, two roads, two crowds, and two destinations. So which road are you on? And for those who think we're on the narrow way, including our call to creation stewardship, how are we going to resist that draw to the easy road, the easy life? So we do have a choice to make. Choose life in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you who is the source of life. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to walk with fellow pilgrims on the road of love and obedience, especially in our stewardship of your world and people. And we want to pray for all those we know who are on the easy road who really need to meet you and find life in all its fullness. Amen.